What is up, divers? Welcome into the Deep Dive Fantasy Football Podcast, where I take a deep analytical look at fantasy football and combine it with a common sense approach to lead us to some titles. I'm your host, Brandon Gabor, and before we get started, remember you can follow me on my main platform, being Twitter at Deep Dive FF or on Instagram at Deep Dive Fantasy Football. Also, if you are looking for more Dynasty content from me, join me and the Rewind team at Dynasty Rewind on YouTube and wherever you enjoy your podcasts where we dive deep into all things Dynasty Fantasy Football. With that being said, let's get to the content. What's up, divers? Welcome into another episode of Deep Dive Fantasy Football. Today, we are going over the Indy Colts and... It's a team that I've been kind of pushing down the line a little bit, but I'm excited to finally get into them. I just wanted to see if we could get some more information on the connection between Anthony Richardson and Josh Downs and and more updates on how Anthony Richardson has been looking. But with everything that we have now, we're going to go over what my projections come out to. And first, we got to look at the team as always. The offensive line really has no changes. They're, They're getting a little healthier. You know, from last year, they they had a couple guys banged up. But in terms of new additions, new faces, not really any. So offensive line, about the same. Skill positions, they added backup quarterback Gardner Minshew. And then they drafted Anthony Richardson, fourth overall, to play quarterback for them. Obviously, they added wide receiver Josh Downs in the third round. He was my wide receiver five or six in the rookie class of wide receivers. And then they lost wide receiver Paris Campbell. Josh Downs is pretty much Paris Campbell's replacement in the slot. Now, on the defensive side of the ball, they lost cornerback Stephon Gilmore, but replaced him with cornerback Julius Brents in the second round. And then they lost Bobby Okariki, their linebacker, and added defensive end Samson Ebukam for a three-year, $24 million deal. And that's pretty much it. We, We really don't have too many changes to worry about other than the guys that they drafted in Anthony Richardson and Josh Downs. For the most part, Everybody else, it's kind of, it's not too crazy. So the biggest thing that we have to look at is the coaching change. Now they have a new head coach. It's Shane Steichen. He was the offensive coordinator for the Philadelphia Eagles the last two years. A lot of people like to give him the credit for the Hurts offense and the development of Jalen Hurts. It's time to see how much was really in part due to him. We're going to see now. He's in Indy. They grabbed a guy, very similar skill set, or at least build and, and rushing ability similar in that way. So we're going to see how much of it really was Steichen. Um, so he's got a good opportunity here. He's got some some good pieces to work with. Now, I think people may be being overly optimistic on Steichen being like the brains behind the operation in Philly in that offense. I don't necessarily know that we have evidence to suggest that it was just all him. So I think people are being a little bit overly optimistic. However, you'll see how the projections bear out. It's still pretty good. So in 2022, for the Colts. They had 1,043 plays. They had 25 touchdowns, 604 passes, 439 runs. They passed the ball 58% of the time, ran the ball 42% of the time. And they had 17 passing touchdowns and eight rushing touchdowns. So one passing touchdown per game, pretty poor, and only eight rushing touchdowns to go along with it. They had one of the lowest touchdown totals of any team in the NFL. Now, obviously we have Steichen and Let's look at Philly, right? In 2021-2022, as the offensive coordinator, what was Philly looking like under Steichen? Well, in 2022, they had 1,080 plays. 2021, they had 1,044 plays. Well, the Colts last year, 1,043. In 2022, 
the Eagles had a 50-50 split. 50% of the time, they passed the ball. In 2021, they passed the ball 47% of the time. They ran more than passed. And they actually, I say 50-50 split because that's the average, but they actually ran the ball more in Philly last year as well. So Steichen is coming from two years in a row where his team ran more than they passed. Now Indy, who passed the ball 58% of the time, it's probably not going to stay the same, right? Because they just drafted a rushing quarterback and they've got Jonathan Taylor. So I'm sure he's going to bring over that run-first mentality, like a legit run-first mentality, where that's what they're doing more than passing. So I do expect a close a spit, split that is close to 2021, but probably a stronger lean towards the run than 2021. Because like I said, in Philly in 2021, they ran the ball 53% of the time, passed 47% of the time. I think it's probably going to be even more exaggerated towards the run here because Hertz is not as physically built and as much of a beast as Anthony Richardson is as a runner. He's also not as fast as Anthony Richardson, and he's a better passer than Anthony Richardson. So you've got this guy in Indy who's going to be running the offense and Richardson who's more of a runner and less of a passer, so they're probably going to be even more run run heavy now. And I imagine that that's the plan. Obviously, if they're taking him that high at what was it fourth, four or five? I already forgot. Fourth at fourth overall in the draft. So you've got that. That's that's your reasoning for my my change in huge huge change in pass and run rates. Also, the defense is not as good as the Eagles' defense. So. The Eagles defense got that got off the field quickly because they had a very good defense. They got the offense a lot of chances to continue drives and just gave them a high play count. Well, the Indy defense is not going to be nearly as good as the Eagles defense and what Steichen had the last two years in Philly. So I don't expect them to be able to get as many plays off. I actually have the projected plays for this team a little bit low 990 projected plays. So if you want to give them like 1,040, I would say that's probably you know, on the high side, the high range of possibilities, but I wouldn't say it's improbable. So I could see about 1,040 plays, but I, I do think they're going to be one of the lower play teams, especially, especially because this will be Anthony Richardson's true rookie year. And, you know, the last two years in Philly, even though it was like 2021 was the first full year of starting that we got from Hertz, it wasn't really his rookie season. So, you know, we've got a not super polished passer here, in his very first season, they're not going to have a great offense. That's just the, that's just going to be how it is. So I'm giving them a 46% pass rate, 54% run rate, and 990 total plays on the lower end of the league in my projections. That's going to come out to 456 passes and 534 runs. Now I am going to give them a huge, a very, a very large, sizable touchdown bump. So I think they're going to be on the low side of plays. And I don't think they're going to be an amazing offense, but they're going to be better than they were last year. At least I'm projecting that. If, if they're not, that's going to be a severe problem for fantasy football. Last year, they only had 25 touchdowns. That is not even, not even two per game. That is one, it's not even one and a half touchdowns per game. That's absolutely just like gut-wrenchingly bad. And we can't expect that again. So, I mean, 25 touchdowns for the team, that's like what most quarterbacks, average quarterbacks in the league will give you in a 17-game season 
and that's not even including the running game. So, you know, it's, it was a bad situation last year. And Matt Ryan, I I saw it coming. I told you guys how much how low I was on Matt Ryan and and just on that Colts offense in general. Well, I'm actually a little bit more optimistic now because I think Anthony Richardson as a rusher is going to be somebody who adds spice into that offense. And I I think Steichen's going to do a better job calling plays. So I think we're going to see a good bump in that offense. So I'm giving them 37 touchdowns, still one of the lowest that I have projected. 37 touchdowns up from 25 last year. It's just over two touchdowns a game. I, I can see that as a very median possibility, average possibility for this team. I have them coming out to 15 passing touchdowns and 22 rushing touchdowns. So let's break down Anthony Richardson. And before we even get into all of this, I want us to address two different routes and philosophies that people seem to have on Richardson. And if you listen to other podcasts, as do I, if you listen to other fantasy football podcasts, you are going to hear two different sides of the debate. You are going to hear the debate side where it's, hey, Anthony Richardson is going to run so much that he's going to be very good for fantasy. I don't care about his passing. And then you get the other side of the debate where the people acknowledge that, yes, he will run. However, we are comping him as, oh, Anthony Richardson's like a Josh Allen coming into the league or a Justin Fields coming into the league or... And they're just going to throw out these comparisons of guys that were labeled as projects that are able to run the ball, that were not coming in as good passers right away, which actually Fields is a good passer. Uh, It was more situation for Fields. But the main comp that you always hear is going to be Josh Allen. And, you know, he comes into the league. He's not polished as a passer. He can run the ball. He's big. He's athletic. And Josh Allen's rookie year was garbage. Josh Allen didn't have a good rookie year. So why are we thinking Richardson's going to have a rookie year? So you're going to hear those those two comparisons. And I think there's some good things on both sides. However, there is a direction that I lean. And it's through the projections, through all the time that I put in, that I do lean this way. But the easiest, fastest way to get this point across to you is this. Josh Allen, as a project was not good for fantasy football because he did not run to the rate at which we are expecting from Anthony Richardson. Plain and simple. Plain and simple. If you look at Jalen Hurts, when he played, I think it was four games in his rookie year, he was good for fantasy because he was running, boom, right away at that rate. People like to say, oh, okay, a more recent example, Justin Fields. Justin Fields did not run in his rookie year the way he ran last year. He didn't. They... I don't know why they didn't let him, but they were not allowing him to run the ball. They finally said, oh, wait, he's a really athletic guy. He can run the ball. Let's let him do that. And boom, he explodes for fantasy. So those are huge. That's a huge difference because the biggest thing is not that, oh, they're project quarterbacks and they need time to develop to become that explosive player for fantasy. The problem is that these guys that you're comparing him to didn't actually run a lot in their rookie season when we are absolutely projecting that to be the case with Richardson. So I do lean the first direction that I explained where he will be good for fantasy because of his rushing. I don't care that he's labeled as a project. He's not a project rusher. That's not a thing. Running backs come into the league and they produce most running backs that are that are highly drafted and given the opportunity from the get-go. Their career best year is their rookie season, a la Saquon a la what we're probably going to get this year in Bijan Robinson. Like, the the guys that get Zeke, Zeke's probably had his best year as a rookie or very, very soon after, but most of the best years for rushers are their rookie seasons. You don't need, there's no curve as a rusher. There's no learning curve. There's not a big drop-off or a huge difference. Like, 
If you're a good runner, you're a good runner, you're going to produce. Same thing for rushing quarterbacks. If you can rush as a quarterback, you're going to produce right away. So Anthony Richardson will be good for that reason. Now let's get into it. So let's break it down. So let's go for the passing first, and we'll, we'll do the rushing at the end. Rookie quarterbacks, they always have a very low touchdown rate. There are outliers. You know, Justin Herbert was one of them. He had like a 5.2 touchdown rate as a rookie. Most of the time, even the very good passers as rookie rookies in the league have low touchdown rates. Look at Josh Allen. Josh Allen, rookie touchdown rate, 3.1. Joe Burrow, rookie touchdown rate, 3.2. Jalen Hurts, even, 4.1. Now, that's a big difference. And I'm throwing that in there so I can build a platform to make a comparison. So the productive run game that Jalen Hurts had and the fact that Jalen Hurts was running was why him, he was able to have a higher touchdown rate at 4.1 than a Josh Allen, a Joe Burrow, who were in the threes. And Joe Burrow is a no question better passer than Jalen Hurts now and no question coming into the league and coming out of college, Joe Burrow was far ahead of Jalen Hurts as a passer. But the reason that Burrow's touchdown rate is lower is because they didn't have a super productive run game and Burrow was not running a lot. He's having to pass a lot. The offense is relying on his arm. When an offense is not relying on your arm, it gives you the opportunity to have a higher touchdown rate. That's what we saw with Jalen Hurts. And that's what we're going to see with Anthony Richardson. Now, I don't think that he is anywhere near these guys as passers in his rookie season. I just, he's not Josh, Josh Allen, he'll be pretty similar to. But Joe Burrow and Jalen Hurts, far better passers coming out of college than Anthony Richardson. Even Josh Allen, a little bit, a little bit better of a passer than Richardson coming out. But we also have to acknowledge that running a lot is going to allow his passing metrics to be somewhat a little bit, a little bit, mainly explosion or explosion uh, in terms of, you know, touchdown rate can be a little bit better. But he is so far below these guys as passers. Mainly I'm talking about like a Burrow who had a 3.2 touchdown rate that I think is going to be a little bit tricky to peg where his touchdown rate could be. So I'm giving him 3.3. I'm giving him pretty much above the the average rookie passing quarterback who comes into the league, okay? Because like most rookie quarterbacks are around that 3.0 mark. I'm giving him above that, even though he's far below most rookie quarterbacks coming out in the, that get drafted in the first round as a passer, but mainly because of the rushing that he's going to be doing that just puts less on his arm. So I'm giving him a 3.3 touchdown rate. They're going to be able to lean on his legs for now. And he's likely going to have a low completion percentage, but a high yards per completion. So most rookie quarterbacks, you know, like a Josh Allen, low completion percentage, high yards per completion. Lamar Jackson, low completion percentage, high yards per completion. That's that's generally how it goes. Same thing with Jalen Hurts. Joe Burrow was a little bit higher completion rate and lower yards per completion just because of how much he was passing. And because he's a little bit better of a passer, goes through his reads better, and is targeting people that are closer to the line of scrimmage. Well, as a rushing quarterback, which is what Anthony Richardson is predominantly, he's going to be taking shots. He's not going to be checking the ball down, which is important to remember when we get to Jonathan Taylor. Rushing quarterbacks don't tend to check the ball down. Why are they going to check the ball down when they can tuck and run it themselves? They go through their first few reads, their, their reads that are deeper down the field, and then they put their head down and they run. Sometimes they keep their head up, but they're still running. And that's what you, you see most often with rushing quarterbacks. So we're not going to have a you know a super efficient passing year or a high completion rate and a, a low yards for completion for Richardson. It's going to be the opposite. So I am giving him a very, very low yards 
or very, very low completion percentage. You look at Josh Allen and Jalen Hurts as rookies, 52% completion rate over 12 yards per completion. That same trend is going to follow Anthony Richardson. I'm giving him the same 52% completion rate, but I'm giving him 12.5 yards per completion. I told you the average between Josh Allen, Jalen Hurts, or not average, but they were both over 12 yards per completion. Allen was just above it. Jalen Hurts was at 13.8. Now, Richardson, as a passer, is less than Jalen Hurts. He's got less weapons to work with than Jalen Hurts. And he's he's more he's going to be more of the producer on the rushing side. But I do think it's a fair comparison to make since Steichen has worked with both of them. And for Steichen to make that decision to grab Richardson, he probably sees some traits that he remembers and likes. Um, that he's comparing to Hertz. So for me, I'm giving and projecting a 52% completion rate for Anthony Richardson. That's pretty much on par with those quarterbacks that have that rushing ability as rookies. And it's 12.5 yards per completion, which is also pretty on par with those type of quarterbacks. I don't want to get too crazy projecting efficiency in either direction when it comes to a rookie quarterback. And I kind of did the same thing with Bryce Young, except he was more in the ilk of a Joe Burrow, where he was, you know, low yards per completion, higher completion percentage, because he's very good at going through reads and spreading the ball around. And he doesn't run a lot, so he's not looking for huge explosive plays as often. So I try to kind of keep my rookie quarterback projections more in line and on par with what we see as trends, because, you know, Joe Joe Burrow is now one of the best in the league and insanely good and insanely efficient and has produced crazy numbers. But as a rookie, that wasn't the case, even though he was that that same player. So that's why I, I like to do that. And so that's what we have following Anthony Richardson. It's 6.5 yards per attempt. The NFL average is 7.1 to 7.3, depending on the year. Obviously, I have Richardson far below the NFL average at 6.5. Now, the run game is the way he's going to be relevant. He will run a lot, I imagine. You look at these guys that came into the league running the ball. Cam Newton, Lamar Jackson, Jalen Hurts, all running between 8-10 times per game. Lamar was about 10 per game. Cam Newton and Jalen Hurts were more 8 times per game. That's the range that we're talking about, this range we're looking at. I, I don't imagine that there's any possible way, once Anthony Richardson is starting, which I assume is going to be week one, but just to qualify this, this statement... Once Anthony Richardson is a full-time starter, there is no way he's running less than seven times per game, and more likely he's going to be on the high end. I am giving him nine rushes per game. He could easily do 10, 11, 12, easily. I'm giving him nine per game for about six yards per carry. If you're a good rushing quarterback, you average between five and six and a half yards per carry. Anthony Richardson will definitely be one of those good rushing quarterbacks, so I'm giving him the average of those things, which is six yards per carry. That is going to be 153 carries at 9 per game for 918 rushing yards. I'm giving him 9 rushing touchdowns with that yardage output. That kind of correlates. Overall, Anthony Richardson's numbers, 456 pass attempts, 237 completions, 2,964 passing yards. His prop is about 2,500. I think it's a pretty good prop. Also, because you got to remember, they kind of take away a game or two in their projections. Under, for over-under props, they got to insulate for injury. 15 passing touchdowns, so just under 3,000 passing yards and 15 passing touchdowns. On the ground, I have him at 153 carries, 918 yards, just under 1,000, and 9 touchdowns. That is 19.1 
points per game for me. He is QB 12 to 14. I don't see him to have a ceiling much higher than that in year one because rookie quarterbacks are not super efficient as passers. And that's where the variability will be for him in his career is from year to year, Anthony Richardson's probably going to be pretty consistent for you on the ground. From year to year, the thing that's going to change him from being a, you know, a possibly assuming, you know, he ends up being a good quarterback, if he's able to become a good quarterback and a franchise guy for Indianapolis, the thing that's going to change him from year to year is his efficiency and his overall passing volume. And neither of those are going to be high in his rookie season. So I do think, despite I'm being pretty confident in this projection, I do think his he's kind of somewhat near his ceiling. His ceiling is not going to be that much higher. Now, his floor is not going to be that much lower than I'm projecting either because I'm not giving him by any means good passing metrics. Like maybe he's a little bit worse, but it's hard to have less than a 50% completion rate as a quarterback in the NFL. I have him at 52. It's hard to have below like a 6.0 or like a 5.8 yards per attempt. I have him at 6.5. So he's he's getting, he's near the bottom of his possibilities as a passer, but I also think he's kind of close to his his ceiling as well. So for me, I think I would almost bet like if everybody played 17 games, every quarterback played 17 games, I would be pretty confident Richardson would be between QB7 and QB15. That's probably his his full range, his floor and his ceiling. I've got him at QB12 right now, but if Watson hops him or if Daniel Jones hops him, he'll end up being quarterback 14 for me. I checked his over-unders. They're right on the money, like I told you. Um, and I'm sorry. I said his uh, his over-under for passing yardage was 2,500. It was actually 28. I think it's 2,800 right now. So, you know, around 100-yard difference from my projection. And a one-touchdown difference. They have him at 16 as his passing touchdown total. I have him at 15 right now. So if you want to take the unders, I think that's a good bet for Richardson because his numbers are pretty much right at my projection. So if he misses a game or two or does not start right away or is slightly worse than I'm projecting, he's going to hit that under. And anytime you have a projection near an under, you want to take the underside of it. Now, that's Anthony Richardson. So he's a good quarterback to take. You know, I don't think he has that ability to be like QB5 or QB6 or whatever as a rookie unless a bunch of people get ravaged with injury. However, I don't think he's a decent value right now. Let's get into Michael Pittman. He is not a super great number one. He's not the type of wide receiver that you want, that you're like excited to have as your wide receiver one for an NFL team. He had 24.5% of the targets last year. That is not good. That, that's not a good rate for the, the situation that he was in. For the guys that were around Michael Pittman, for him to have a 24.5% target share and he's not a rookie, and you know he's supposedly supposed to be this really good alpha type of wide receiver that's not a great number and it does not instill confidence in me and also I was not great on him or not high on him coming out of college I don't think that he is a lock to be this team's number one for very long in the future yes for this year for sure 100 percent. but if we're talking dynasty outlook and stuff like that I don't I don't think that Michael Pittman is you know three years from now a lock to be Indy's number one even if you told me that they resign him like, I, I just, it's not something that I'm super confident in, especially because somebody they drafted this year, which we'll get to. Now, I don't think his share goes up too much from 24.5% of the targets. In, in a vacuum, if the team situation was the same, I wouldn't see any reason for it to go up. I'm actually a big fan of Josh Downs, who I think could challenge Michael Pittman as the number one 
next year. Not this year, but next year. I think Josh Downs has that ability to challenge Pittman. Josh Downs, I was higher than him, higher on him than Pittman coming out of college as a prospect. And I mean, neither of them have a huge investment. Pittman was, I think, what, a second, second round pick, and Josh Downs is a third round pick by the new regime. So, you know, that's something to keep in mind. Now, I'm slightly going to bump Michael Pittman's target share, despite everything I just told you. I'm a little bit, you know, pessimistic on the guy, but I am bumping his tar target share for one reason. I think year one Anthony Richardson probably is not going to his third read. He's probably going first read, second read, run the ball. So, and, and you see this a lot with rookie quarterbacks, especially the ones that use their legs. They're not going to go through their reads that much. They're, they're not able to. It's, it's a huge transition from the college to the NFL to be able to do that, go through your reads effectively. And Anthony Richardson's probably not going to do it as, as often as most quarterbacks in the NFL, probably not even, not even as often as most rookie quarterbacks in the NFL. And that means that he's going to hyper-target his top guys, right? So you're going to see this funneling of targets to the main target getters on the team. And for me, that's going to be Michael Pittman as the number one, of course. Everybody pretty much agrees with that. And we'll see who I have at two. We'll talk about it a little bit later. But I'm giving Michael Pittman 26% of the targets, a bump up by 1.5 from 24.5% last year. I'm projecting him to get 8.1 yards per target. I'm giving him that high yardage, lower completion rate, or yeah, catch rate. And he's going to have 8.1 yards per target for me this season. Now, his average, Michael Pittman's average, is 7.6. You might be saying, well, Brandon, if Anthony Richardson is this low, not great passer that you're explaining this whole time on the podcast, how are you going to say Michael Pittman's going to get better? Well, we're comparing Anthony Richardson to the normal, right? Well, he is not worse than what the Colts have been working with. He's not worse than Matt Ryan last year. He's not worse than Carson Wentz, that he's probably on this a similar level in terms of total efficiency, in terms of, you know, like a yards per target, a little bit worse in his rookie season. But just overall, I don't think that Richardson's really going to be much worse than what Matt Ryan or Carson Wentz provided. And it's going to be his legs that allow this offense to open up and allow these wide receivers to get deeper down the field. So while I do have Pittman's catch rate dropping, I think the increases that we're going to see in yardage is going to definitely make up for that and that's why i actually have his yards per target going from 7.6 on average for his career to 8.1 this year now keep that in mind right i'm bumping his target share i'm bumping his yards per target that means i'm thinking Pittman is going to be better but you're going to see that i'm still extremely low on him his 58 percent catch rate is what i'm projecting 14 yards per reception i'm giving him five of the 15 available touchdowns on the team it's 33 percent market share of the touchdowns which is much higher than his target rate. So everything that I'm giving you about Michael Pittman should be like, oh, Michael Pittman's going to look really good for Brandon. Deep Dive's going to be high on him. No. It comes out to 119 targets, 69 receptions, 963 yards, and five touchdowns. It's 11.5 points per game. He's a back-end wide receiver three or a top-end wide receiver four. No, thank you. <clears throat> He's a bad value. He's just a bad value. This is a run-heavy offense with an incoming rookie quarterback. His over-unders are also right on the money right on the money like his over-unders are basically exactly what I have him projected for which is once again not a good thing right so for me Pittman is a no-go he's being drafted too high he doesn't offer upside because he's on a team that's going to throw the ball a few amount of times 
they're not going to be super, super efficient with it, even though I think he's going to be better overall than last year efficiency-wise. It's not going to be amazing. And the biggest thing that's hurting Pittman is he's not going to have a ceiling because there's not going to be a lot of touchdowns to go around. Touchdowns can create variability and raise ceilings and raise floors or just make a wide receiver's potential much higher. But in an offense where you're projecting 15 touchdowns, it's not really offering you much of a ceiling. And the over-under is giving him 16 touchdowns to the offense. So it's not just like Brandon being super pessimistic on the passing side of this offense. It's That's really what is expected overall. And I'm sure you agree with that. So if you do, you got to realize that, man, they're not going to pass the ball a lot. There's not going to be a lot of touchdowns to go around. I don't care if Pittman's the number one. I'll take the number two on almost every other NFL team over Michael Pittman. Not, over, not every single one. Not the Giants, right? But most NFL teams, I'll take the second guy over Pittman. So that's a no thank you. But we're going to talk about the other two wide receivers really quickly. Alec Pierce, and I say really quickly because they're not going to be super relevant this year for us. Alec Pierce, he had 13.5% of the targets last year. I'm giving him 16%. Like I explained, Anthony Richardson will focus his a higher rate to his main guys. He's not going to be hitting his fourth read. Now I'm giving a lower catch rate, higher yards per completion as well to Alec Pierce. For Alec Alec Pierce, those 16 targets come out to 73 targets. And then my efficiency forum brings him to 35 receptions, 543 receiving yards, and three receiving touchdowns, 6.3 points per game, absolutely useless. Josh Downs, I think, is going to supplant Alec Pierce as the number two. Paris Campbell was the number two last year, and he ran in the slot. He had 15% of the targets. Alec Pierce had 13.5. Paris Campbell had 15% of the targets. I think Josh Downs is going to be taking over that role. Obviously, it's a different quarterback, a different offense, so it's going to be a little bit different. But Anthony Richardson has been connecting with Josh Downs a lot in camp. Like I said, was very high on Downs coming out of college comparatively to how I was on like a Michael Pittman, how I was on an Alec Pierce. All these guys are pretty young, pretty new receivers. I think as a prospect, he would be my number one, but it's not going to happen right away. He could become a very good player over time, and if over time they start dialing back Anthony Rush. Richardson's legs as he hopefully develops and gets better as a passer then that'll that'll be really good for Downs and Downs could actually become something I do think he can see a similar share of the targets to what Campbell got last year right away and I think he's actually a very sneaky player to get more than 20% of the target share but that doesn't really matter that much for redraft this is more of a dynasty take I'm projecting 18% of the targets for Josh Downs, up from the same slot role that had 15% last year. I'm giving 18% to Downs. He's going to have similar efficiency to, to most wide receivers that play that role, although it's going to be in the form of like yards per target, similar efficiency. He's going to have a lower catch rate, though, higher yards per reception, just like the other guys we've talked about. He's going to be better than what Campbell was last year because he's got a He's a better player than Campbell. He's got a better quarterback than Campbell, and he's got a better offense that's going to produce more touchdowns. So, And he's very good down the field. Josh Downs is not just a slot guy, but he's he's a burner. He can be a burner. So for me, that's 82 targets for him, 48 receptions, five, 654 receiving yards, and four receiving touchdowns. It's 8.1 points per game. He's a wide receiver of five. Really, you're just throwing him on your bench, but that's only if you have super deep benches. He's not somebody I'm actually going to be drafting in redraft. He's just a guy I like for Dynasty. I like to take him a lot in that middle of the second round. He was a guy that I really liked in that Marvin Mims, Jaden Reed range. I really liked Josh Downs. So 
if you know let's say few few games go by three four week five maybe and Josh Downs doesn't really have much going on use that opportunity to buy low on him if you are a Anthony Richardson believer actually honestly even if you're not because if Richardson ends up fading out then their offense is going to be completely different and it's not going to be run heavy and there's a lot more on the table with Minshew or whoever else ends up being the quarterback for Downs so Downs for me is a nice dynasty hold right now and could become a very good dynasty buy and now finally we're going to talk about Jonathan Taylor I'm not projecting the tight ends on this team they didn't have big enough of a role last year I'm not expecting their role to be big enough to be very relevant this year so just we're just not going to get into them Jonathan Taylor we will get into obviously so I do think he has the opportunity and I actually have him projected just behind some somebody else to lead the league in rushing Actually, I think I do have him projected to lead the league in rushing. It's very close. I can check that in a second. But last year, he averaged 17.5 rushing attempts per game. 17.5. He had 85% of the carries to the running backs. If you just look at the, the games where he was fully healthy, not games where he ended up getting hurt or getting out for a couple drives or whatever, he had upwards of 90 plus percent of the carries. And like you can see that in the very start of the season. I still have him getting that. I don't they didn't make any investments in a secondary running back. They didn't draft anybody. They didn't add anybody in free agency that's very significant. They did nothing to say, hey, we don't want Taylor taking all of the carries. They didn't. So after you take out Anthony Richardson's rushes from the rushing total for the team, you have 381 carries. Throw about 15, 20 of that to the random category for a wide receiver, gimmick runs, and stuff like that. Now you've got 366 carries to divvy up between the running backs. If you give Jonathan Taylor that same 85%, which he was doing more than that when he was healthy, he was over 90%, but if you give him the 85%, that's 311 carries. I'm going to bump his efficiency. The offensive line's bouncing back from an off year. The running quarterback effect is going to boost his efficiency. Whenever you have a running quarterback, the the running back gets better in efficiency. And his career yards per carry is 5.1. So I'm going to give him 5.5, just like he produced in 2021. 2021, Jonathan Taylor had 5.5 yards per carry. Well, I'm giving him that same number again. I'm giving 11 of the 13 running back touchdowns in the rushing game. It's 311 carries, 1,711 rushing yards, and 11 rushing touchdowns. That is very, very good numbers. That is the type of numbers we don't really see anymore because of all these split backfields. But there's a huge thing that's going to hold him back, and it's the receiving work. He had 9.5% of the targets last year. Now he's got a quarterback who runs the ball and is not going to check down as often as a Matt Ryan. So I'm giving him 6.5% of the targets. That's going to get worse than it was last year. I'm going to give him the same efficiency, but he's only doing it off 30 targets. So it's 22 receptions, 167 yards, and no touchdowns. That brings him to 16.2 points per game with it all together. If he had... 55 or 60 targets he could be in the running for rb1 but that's just not the case he's got to be around like that back end rb1 for me he's rb8 to 10 like i said 16.2 points per game the lack of receiving is going to hurt him he's got a good shot at the rushing title i like the over on his prop his prop right now for the season is 1200 rushing if you're confident in his health that's what the bet is about basically if you're confident in his health he's going to go over 1200 so i would take that over if you are not worried about him getting hurt 
But in redraft, he's, he's just really not a great value right now because he is going as about RB5. He's like the fifth running back off the board. And right now for me, like I said, he is my RB between 8 and 10. He is 10 right now. But that's because I did not project Nick Chubb or Derrick Henry yet. And or Saquon and Josh Jacobs, but I know Jacobs and Barkley are going to be above him. I didn't do Chubb and Henry, but I have a, a feeling that they're going to be higher than Jonathan Taylor for me. If they're not, then Taylor can be all the way as high as running back eight. But for me right now, he's kind of just, he's bookended by Ramon J. Stevenson and Miles Sanders. He's right between the two of them in that range. So for me, I'm just not going to have any pieces of him. It's just, it's not going to happen for me. With that said, thank you guys for listening to the podcast. Thank you for tuning in and and figuring out what we got with the Colts. The big takeaway here is that you're not really getting any values on this team in redraft other than Anthony Richardson, but he's basically being drafted right where I have him projected, actually sometimes a little bit higher. So really, you don't want too many Colts on your redraft teams, not at the prices that they are. Is is Taylor going to be a great quarterback or a great running back? Yes. He is going to be a good running back. He's going to be very relevant in fantasy, of course, but he's just not great comparative compared to his cost right now. So for me, pretty much, if you want to take a shot at Richardson, go for it, but I'm not really grabbing any other Colts in redraft. In Dynasty, keep your eye on Josh Downs. See if the opportunity, if the window to buy him opens up, because if it does, I will go capitalize on that. With that said, thank you guys for listening to Deep Dive Fantasy Football. Drop a rating, drop a review, share with a friend. Until next time, peace.